When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Scott. Scott. Uh, Scott. Uh, uh, oh. Where have you been? Well, I've been ill. You said you are going for a piss. Well, it was... Turned out to be quite a long one. That was December. It was a funny colour. I've been sitting here ever since. Well, nothing's really happened, I don't think. I mean, why don't we just try and slip back into it and see if anybody notices we've been away? They not know, okay, right? For your sake, I hope they don't notice. Yeah. Do you think they missed us? Nah. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host, and we're back after a, an injury layoff, an unintentional hiatus. Um, we didn't uh, particularly mean to be, but on the plus side, folks, that means that Scott has been, uh, it, he's kind of like a man who hasn't had access to his genitalia for three months and is fit to burst. And in fact, Scott, do you want to tell him about the alternative intro that you, you came up with that I shot down? Well, I think we haven't had a chance to run it past our lawyers, which is why David's distanced himself <laughs> from um, I, I had an idea. Was, Welcome to Heart and Hand, the podcast featuring David, who's been sicker than Adam Johnston. So you can kind of see why I wanted to, to steer clear of that. Although it's quite Adam Johnston. Um, isn't unfortunate that his name rhymes with his crime? Yes, indeed, yeah. yes. It's uh, it's 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 never gonna go away. David, um, basically, folks, in all seriousness, David only came back today because he doesn't want to become the new Darren Anderson. No, exactly. Um, a sick note that expired, a badly bunged uh, operation. Um, so no, thank you for bearing with us, and thank you very much for all the kind messages and whatnot um, that, that have arrived. They were very much appreciated. So, Scott, yes, we're we're back, and uh, since we last spoke. Three months have passed, <laughs> you know, things yes. things have happened. 
in that time, um, we've seen Rangers develop and I think become a, a slightly stronger team. We've seen some new signings arrive, we can discuss, and uh, we've seen what might go down as the dictionary definition version of Hibsing it. Yes, when we were podding last, when last we were doing it semi regularly, when last we had a semi. David. Yes, when, when last we had a, when last we were coming to the listeners with our big semi. With our big semis, we weren't very good. No, us. Uh, well, we were great. Well, no, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't have the ropes up then for any. <laughs> yes, we're not great now. Yeah, don't, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not going to come back and it's not going to be like Ali in the 93 Cup final where I'm just going to come back and hit an overhead kick for the winner. It's more likely to be Ali as a manager that I'll yeah. come back as. For for 2016, folks, read all the other years, OK? Yeah. Um, so we had a crunch game against Hibs coming up. Yes, that's right. Um, and everything hinged on it and the season was a bit, ooh. Now, of course, after heishus, as Americans would maybe say, a brief heishus, we are now magic again. Yes. And coinciding with the clean sheets, the goals and the wins is what can only be described as an hilarious collapse from pinch-faced scouse wank bag Stubbsy. Yeah, I have I have been asked um, from people um, if, while I was away, I managed to attend any Hibs press conferences. Yeah. Um, and I did uh, manage to attend, and I've got a recording of a press conference here. So, uh, uh, if you don't mind, if I can beg your indulgence, uh, this was w- when I attended a, a recent press conference along with Scott, and I wasn't well, so it was Scott who was asking Mr Stubbs the questions, and I'll just play that clip now. Alan, how do you think your players will handle the pressure of the title running? Daddy, do, 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 do. We didn't sell Scott Allen to Rangers. Yes, and what about um, your loan signing from Celtic? Will he be the dagger to Rangers' heart that you hope? Daddy, do, do, the pressure's on them, do, do, don't they, do, they don't have Scott Allen because we didn't sell Scott Allen to Rangers and do, 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 do. Thanks, Alan. That was a fantastic press conference and I think we all hope the same as you, whatever it is that you hope. They do, and they do, do, do. And remember, we didn't sell Scott Allen to Rangers. Which is apparently also the name of Hibbs End of Season DVD. Which has already been released. (laughs) Could have come out on Wednesday, that's right. Um, Now, I have said all season, and people can go back and listen to the pod earlier in the season to be able to hear this, that I did think at one point Hibs would would Hibs it. Um, And even when they were playing well and winning games, I'm a great believer in that it's all about us. It's, It's always about Rangers, you know, and if we win our games... See, I don't think that it's ever a case of... Celtic or in this case Hibs or last season Hearts winning the league I always think it's us losing it because mm-hmm. like most Rangers fans my focus isn't entirely on another club um, I, I focus on Rangers and the rest are just flotsam and jetsam that we need to navigate our way through on the way to our goals so I thought if we keep winning that, that'll do it um, Hibs clearly had one eye which is easier to do if you're like Alan Stubbs and your eyes you know, have that ability to shoot off in different Directions, yeah. Um, but they clearly had one eye on us all the time. A giveaway is when see when a manager is doing punditry, 
on a television station on a rivals game. That's a no no. You just don't do that. And he was there all the bloody time when we were in BT. There's only by the way, there's only one reason that a manager goes on these, these shows, a manager who's in work, it's because he's looking for a move to a bigger club. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only reason. Football managers only go in these things when they're looking for work, be they unemployed or looking for a move. So um, can you imagine Warburton? Warburton would not do that. You wouldn't get Warburton. Maybe one end of season game, you know, when everything's been decided and he comes along uh, as a kind of special thing. I don't think so because then we'll be gearing up for the Scottish Cup final. That's a good point. So, um, time. But, uh, but no, it, it just it, it wouldn't happen. And when Stubbs started all that, you thought, mm, um, and he was quite clearly obsessed with us. He, he does have a touch of kind of Tommy Burns mid-90s where you get the feeling that talented enough bloke and, and good manager and all the rest of it. But there's this sort of, Inability to see the wood for the trees and get too emotional, and in the way that Smith picked off Burns repeatedly, um, I think that you're seeing that with with uh, Warburton now. He just keeps calm, focused on Rangers, and came through it. But a lot of Hibs results, Scott, they were winning one nil late goals, and which is great, by the way. But it means that if the wheels come off, and people are saying they were a much better side than us, on what metric we've scored more goals. And by like thirty or forty more, not not close. We've conceded less. We've beat them three out of four. What possible metric were people judging that on? Um, I think the metric being what they wanted to be true. Uh, I think most journalists and pundits and fans of other teams were hoping that Hibs would do what Hearts did last season. Yeah, and it was more wishful thinking than serious journalism. Um, some of it was preposterous. I was I was looking sort of flicking through. Some of the, you know, the half-term report cards that came out in December. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is like the Herald, Scotsman, some some serious newspapers as well as some of the, and it was all mighty Hibs. The bandwagon rolls on, and Rangers might not even get through the playoffs. Could be a, a another year in the championship next season, and none of it was actually based on having watched any of the football or grading the managers or grading the players or seeing what might happen. And I think far too many people let their visceral hatred of us get in the way of their job, which was to report on the state of the Scottish Championship uh, come December. Yeah. And um, I'm absolutely delighted that they were wrong. And I would say, get it right up, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a fair enough thing to say. I mean, Hibs have... I, I suggested the other night on Twitter that perhaps we should send a job lot of body form down to, to Leithway because they're on their bad week. Uh, well, they're more than a bad week now, yeah. Yeah, but well, I think... Do you remember that game we drew with Alloa? I watched that game and we we actually played brilliantly, which sounds really odd after a 1-1 draw with Alloa, I know, but it was one of our best performances of the season with the exception of a rather important part of it, which is finishing. But we cut through them time after time after time, right? It was, you know, honestly, it was one of those incredible games that do happen, you know, where you, you hit everything, you know, we hit the dog, we hit the, the, the bar at the post, we hit a dog that was wandering across the pitch, an invisible force field come to it. It was one of those. Um, and we drew... And Hibs then had, you know, they played later that day, remember, at Livingston. Yeah. So since that game, we've won four matches in a row and taken 12 points. And since that game, Hibs have played four matches and taken one point. And yet he yep. was questioning our ball. I, I, it's, to, to be honest, um, I can see why he did it to an extent. Well, A, because he's a total wank, right? Good point. Main reason. And I, I like the fact that you've just cut straight to the heart of the matter, getting through all the, the sort of hubbub and noise around it, Scott. That's very impressive punditry. Well, well it's, been, it's been a few months. The jargon's not quite there yet. Yeah, surgical uh, precision, mate. And B, I think obviously he was trying to rally his troops by this thing where we're favourites, all pressure. Well, at that stage, they were still behind us. It'll be the game in hand. 
you know, and we had to play them still. Yeah. And, 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 and like you, I don't see the stage ever when Hibs held all the aces and we were the team petrified. Yeah. We were always top of the table. And I, I think I, he's probably trying to rally the troops a bit. But Hubris and Nemesis. Yeah. You know, and I think personally a lot of Hibs fans and a lot of fans of other teams that don't like us will probably, looking back, reflecting, as will Stubbsy himself, probably wish he'd said a bit less until maybe they had overhauled us on the table and been looking at winning the title. Yeah. Think if my if our manager had behaved like that, it would have been pretty embarrassing. I thought he made an arse of himself, to be honest. Even allowing for the fact that that's what managers do, they talk their teams up. I, I think he made a bit of an arse of the whole thing. His problem was the mind games failed really, really badly. The problem was he didn't so much talk his own team up as try to talk us down, um, and that you can't control. If you know what I mean, that's out with your control. Whereas if you talk your own team up and say. You know, I believe that we can go on a run and win all these games. That's fair enough. And if it doesn't happen, fair enough, right? There's there's nothing wrong though with believing that your side was capable of doing that. That's a perfectly reasonable thing for a manager to say. But you can't say, ah, but they'll bottle it. There's there's no there was no evidence for it. Our slowdown had amounted to winning games by slightly fewer goals at the time. You know, um, we'd a couple of we lost at full cut the match, but we should certainly have at least drawn, um, and. Obviously, earlier in the season, we did the Easter Road and the St. Johnson game, which is which has been held over us for a good bit. But no, I think we're we're, we're playing quite well. The the new arrivals were balanced. Um, Michael Halloran arrived uh, to get you to burn your scarf, and then they signed Billy King though, just so to kind of save you from having to do so. So I, I, I think yeah. you, you ended up burning half of it, didn't you, before you kind of put the fire out? It's, it's I've been watching a lot of Star Wars recently with the kids and. I think to bring balance to the force, mm. we had to bring in Billy King. Um, yeah. The fact his press conference didn't include a white horse, pretty disappointing. Mm. But, you know... Um, Hold on, when yeah, I'm, yeah, I, see, I, see I, back in the day when I was heavily into white horse, you, you were unimpressed. So what's all this about? Oh, that's very true, yeah. <laughs> he used to give me so many rows. To be honest, though, in those days, folks, David was into so <laughs> many different types of drugs. H, horse, smack, heroin, all of them, the whole lot. Cal Paul. Types. Yeah, Cal Paul. Um, I, I think the new players, what's interesting is that he's mostly gone for attack-minded players. As opposed to out-and-out strikers, yeah. Yep. yep. So, um, King, even Forrester are... <sighs> Part of me at first was a bit worried about the old Arsene Wenger thing, when everyone he buys is a nippy in the whole playing off a main striker player. There's an element of that. I mean, I don't think that's an unfair concern. We have a lot of them. However, they've all chipped in with some goals, especially um, of late Mr Forrester. How handsome is he? He's He's got a big big hair, doesn't he? Oh, he's got the wee stubble that never goes, and he's, he's, you know, he's no stranger to a tanning salon. Um, he's just, you know, r- rippling thighs. He's a modern fella. Oh, I, you, you can just, you can look at him, and say, you know, you're just, you're pure sex, you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, shaved sack, you just, you know, you can tell that straight away. No hairs. Not a single one. Not, Not a, a single one. No, exactly. Well, I actually reckon that his scrotum would be breathtaking. I think so. I think, that's another thing for Hibs, they don't have anyone who's going to have such a streamlined utterly bald scrotum as that no I think that's in the running especially that was always going to tell I think yeah I mean if you look at our side uh, Harry Forrester undoubtedly is probably he's probably got the model scrotum 
yeah, probably the, the, the one that other people use when they go into a shop and say, I'd like one of them. Yeah, they probably have on their phone a picture of Harry Forrest Scrotum. Yes. And they probably go up to their, their, um, their lady and they say, this, please, could, could yes. I have this. But, I mean, I reckon Michael Halloran's is quite tidy. I think, probably as a generation gap, I'd imagine, like, some of the coaches, you know, Sir Davey and the coaches and some of the older players mm-hmm. wouldn't be doing that kind of thing. No, da- Davies will be like a Brazilian rainforest. Yeah, rightly though, because yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And people would go up and say, oh, so Davey, so Davey, do you want to come and get your, your back sacking crack done? And he wouldn't even speak, he'd look at them. A scans. As if to say, what the heck is going on? Because mm. um, you know, so Davey would, so he probably has pubes enough. Yeah. For all of them. But but Harry Forrester's ball barber, I think, yeah. um, would, would be among the top of the sort of pubic coiffures in Scotland. And it's making a big difference at this stage in the season. It's a fresh fresh pair of legs and a fresh pair of globular spunk depositories. I think he looks, you know, fitter and lighter and people are saying that last few games he looks quicker and a bit pacier. It's probably because he's now settled in, uh he's he's had his his testicles dealt with and he's ready to rumble. And I think hopefully that goes for the whole squad. If any of them are listening and you know the run ins coming up, if, just go to the barbers, get if, a lot off. If you're under thirty. If you're, 30, if you're over 30, just tut a lot Yeah, and ask them what the hell they're doing. Yeah, We are a little short maybe in the street, but we do seem to have tightened up defensively. Kiernan has been excellent. Rob Kiernan has been superb. Fordring has been superb. Tavernier, I still have some concerns about defensively, although he has improved the last couple of games, particularly thought against Wraith. He had a very good game defensively. Um, Wallace... I still have... Yeah, I love Waldo. We all Much love better Waldo. going forward, though, isn't it? Yeah, I still have a few concerns about, about Lee. I think a few goals have come down his side. And the much maligned Danny Wilson, um, certainly by you, always, but yeah. uh, I, I was even uh, on the Wilson maligning train. He has improved. Um, he does seem to be concentrating a bit better and doing the simple things. He went through a spell of oh. that <laughs> woeful, like, 80-yard passes right into Rose Ed yeah. and falling over the ball. And as you say, I mean, a lot of people were saying this at the time. I think, I think he'd a bit of a hard on for himself. I think he was starting to believe some of the hype. You know, like he was number one target, so Davy begged Warburton to bring him in, and I think there was a bit of that. And see, since he's actually, as you say, defended, concentrated, you know, watched left and right, made sure the line not playing anyone. He's just simply done basic defending, and he's been so much better yeah. than he was when he was fans Beckenbauer. Yeah, night and day. The that's exactly that's a key thing about this team. See if. We work hard, and I love this team because they do. They work really hard. They're clearly as fit. You know, we've scored something. Like, I believe twenty four goals in the last ten minutes of of games. That's not a fluke. You know that that's they're really fit. Um, they also believe in what they're doing, and they keep playing the same way. The one game, by their own admission, where they thought, right, we better lump the ball along and try and get something was against Livingston, and I won each draw at Almondvale or whatever it's called, Tony Macaroni yep. Stadium. I think it's called now. Uh, I'm not making that up. That isn't a gag. I think it is called that. Cammy hangs out there. Yeah, Cammy does hang out there quite a lot. Um, so, so what you're basically saying is Cammy hangs around Tony Macaroni. I think literally and metaphorically inside it. Um, but he, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that the the Rangers team has proved that. See, when they're focused and they work really hard, they're a really good side. They're not good enough though to coast. No, they've tried coasting a couple of games here and there, and it's been absolutely woeful. Yeah, and and. I think Wilson epitomises that. If Danny Wilson has his head on and is focused and concentrated, he's a very decent defender. If he lapses at all, 
forget it. You know, that then you're in trouble, you've got mistakes, you've got giving the ball away, you've got the, the ball shelled into the stand and that, you need to keep focused. That can be said for a few of them, except of course Holty. Ah, the magnificent. You have to take some time here to masturbate again, literally and metaphorically, mm. over pod favourite. Holty. We were talking about this on, on text the other day watching the, watching the game and the thing is about Holty, we liked him right from the start for the simple fact that he, he's got a football brain, right? He, You know, you can see he, he knits the game so well, he's intelligent, he's, he's integral to so many moves that we do. You noticed when he wasn't there the amount of stuff that was breaking down in the edge of the opposition box and I wonder if he stood out to, to you and I like a sore thumb and to, to other fans because, you know, we weren't alone in this. The reason being is that we did three years of watching Ian Black, so watching a guy with a brain was like, you know, he, he, he stood out. Even compared to guys who weren't as disastrous as Black, you take Nicky Law, right? Yeah. A lot of industry, and a lot of scurrying and scampering. Holt just had that thing where, I, I'm not sure if Holt would be among the fastest players at, at Rangers. No, I, I actually think that's the one thing that, yeah, I so, think that's the one thing that will stop him going, you know, to really yeah. top... You know, really top drawer. Yeah, he's not very strong. He's he's not very good in the air, and you could you could go along ticking the box. But see, when we're breaking, mm. he's there. He's lost his marker. Ah, he finds space inside, fantastically, and he's in one of the channels. Always, every time he picks the space, mm-hmm. he lets the area, the sort of ge- ge- geography of the pitch, and the, and his relation to man of the ball do all the work. Mm. And you can't teach that. No. Nowadays, we've talked about this so many times on the pod, scurrying about has replaced technique yeah. a lot. It really has. But he doesn't scurry. No. He's not got a great engine. He's not this, he's not that. He's just really clever. He knows where to be in relation to the ball. He knows the weight of pass to play somebody in. And he knows how to stay on the side and the shoulder of, a, of his man. Mm-hmm. He's just got that ability and presence that, you, that isn't really coachable. And that's what stood out. We had either ineptitude or scurrying. Mm. And he was a quality technician with the football. He, yeah, and it was noticeable straight away. One I don't know why Hearts, like, I cannot understand why they basically gave him away, though. One so, for older Bears, um, significantly older Bears, he reminds me a lot of Bobby Russell. Um, as almost one of the old-fashioned sort of inside forwards, you know, before yeah. things like number 10 became, became terms. Clever, industrious, quick... Um, can spot a pass is always available and what really impresses me is we were playing a team like Wraith the other night and they get in their shape they've got 10 men in our half and they're in you know the banks of four and, and, and whatever and there's no space and yet he pops up suddenly and he's found some and it's like that's an innate talent I'm, I'm not sure that's teachable I, I think you can either do that or you can't and uh, he, he's just such a good player and one of the, the ones in the team that's irreplaceable I think now the one area I have slight concerns about uh, with Martin Waghorn injured and you had sort of touched on this earlier. We have a lot of good attackers, and we do. Um, I, I think King's made an impact. I think O'Halloran has made an impact. I think Forrest will start to make an impact, and we've obviously had you know Mackay all season. But I do think we struggle for centre forward now. We've played Nicky Clark there a couple of times. The, Nicky Clark scored an absolutely wonderful goal at Kilmarnock, and that's fantastic. Um, and he can occasionally do. Rarely, but he can occasionally do something like that. But he's not good enough to play for us. I don't think he's good enough to play for anyone uh, in the Premier League, to be honest. I, I think Nicky Clark's level will be that of a, a championship level yeah. player. You know, no complaints at all about what rate with the boy, but just it's, it's a lack of talent. I mean, that's, that's just we've, all there is to it. 
We've talked about this since August. Now, Kenny Miller has had a decent, decent season. Kenny Miller's a really, you know, when you factor in the, the his age and everything, I mean, his contribution. I didn't think that Kenny Miller would be a, a guy vying for a first team place deservedly at this stage I'm, of the season. I've still got reservations technically, and for Clark, it's the same. The kind of play that obviously uh, Mark Warburton wants. I think you're right. We do need more up front. There's a little bit too much ball bouncing off shins mm. from our recognised strikers. And at some stages, it was even the case when I think you and I were at several games where you almost wish Waghorn was in the middle to get the end of his own forward play. Yeah, it, it was. We were significantly weaker when he was dragged out wide, but then he was also doing a bit more out wide than Clark and Miller. And I would excuse Miller because he's hit, popped up a few goals and he is thirty six. But even with Kenny Miller, there's still a thing you texted me one night. I remember. Whenever he's any time to think about it or a long run in on goal, you know he's going to miss. Yes. Um, it's instinctive is how he plays best. And I think for next season, neither Clark nor Miller is going to be the answer up front in the SPL. And you're right, I think we're going to have to look at an out-and-out striker. Because Waghorn, who I like a lot, is clearly knackered. It's yeah. a big move, new club, he hit the ground running, he's pushed <coughs> 20 goals, but he's played almost every minute of every game. And when he was withdrawn from the line recently, I know it was an actual injury, but I think as much of it was Did little he? niggles, things mm. that he picked up, strains he couldn't go over from. And I think he needed out the firing line anyway, and there isn't really much behind him. Really a big drop-off, I think, after Wycon. Well, Scott, um, we're, we're not going to get into like, specific games and stuff this week because it is just an introductory... Uh, sort of, for, for those of you who haven't heard us before... Pretty much it. So if you like it, you're gonna love it because there's six years of this shite uh, in the the archives, and also we do it every week. So um, and if you're not new and you're you're back again, then it is just a sort of hi, how you doing? Let me find my feet. Can I remember where all the buttons were and stuff? And um, to to kind of let Scott, if you like, um, get himself greased up um, metaphorically yeah. and and let's be honest, literally um, for yeah. the. You know, for the because every week David lets me, David exposes me I do. to the public. He I sort do. of uh, unleashes me. But and it, we'll be back next week to talk about the Dundee game and you know where we are in the league and all the rest of it. We'll get back to normal. But Scott, it would be remiss of us to leave. Um, we have a significant section of our audience, and it would be remiss of us to to leave without devoting a little bit of time to them. I speak, of course, of Celtic supporters. Yes. We don't, people who are new to the pod, we don't talk about Celtic as much as you'd think. We don't really share their obsession that they have with us. However, mm. thankfully, over the six years of the pod, they do provide a hell of a lot of comedy material. Yeah, and a lot of them listen to this for reasons I've never been quite quite sure of. I mean, we do have a couple of sexy voices. It might be that. We do. We do. Um, the closest we've ever got to was David was um, emailing with a, a rather famous one. We won't mention. He's a famous Celtic fan who used to be a a famous person in one field and now a famous person in another field. Mm. Golf, though, it's not. I mean, it's not a real field. No, it's golf. It's, it's, not, not, a, it's not something a man should be should be interested in. No, I mean, unless he does it on a Saturday morning. No, but even then, you know my yeah. views on golf. Golf is a sport for men who've never made a woman come, and for women who have. Yes, I think pretty much yeah. yeah um, but this this Celtic fan in particular, he hinted that. Some of your Celtic podcasts and Celtic obsessed media, how do we say, po faced and self important? And he liked the fact that we weren't. 
Yeah, so maybe there's that element. Maybe the fact is we don't drone on about all oh, I love us, love us, we're magic. Oh man, you well, know. Well, we, 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 we do do that, but personally, not about our football team. That's true. Yeah. So they do listen, hmm. and it's, it's probably about this time we should probably thank the heavens above for Ronnie Delia. Thank God for Ronnie Dyla. Yes. Yeah. It's mirrored our our recent form has been now Dave don't know the term for this, it's not really a mirror. It's it's when you look in a mirror but something bad comes out like in an evil film. Juxtaposition. Perhaps juxtaposition. You look in the mirror but the image is spooky and spectral. And mm. um, as we rise up the league, pretty much so up the championship, get forty five thousand plus per game and have people queuing up to buy season tickets. They don't, mm, but shall we say? Yeah, but um, there is an account on Twitter called Kerry Dale Meltdown. Uh, it's at Kerry Fail, and if you don't follow this, you should. What it is is a chap who basically just goes onto Kerry Dale Street or the Huddle Board or one of—I don't know—so it would be unfair of me to say—but one of these sites and takes quotes from it, you know, of, of what Celtic fans are saying, and yep. uh, posts them on Twitter. And as I say, it's at Kerry Fail. So uh, here are some from last night. Um, you know, th- th- as I say, we want to speak to both sides of the community, hands across the barricades, all that sort of thing. Um, it's getting near car park time. Well, day of the week with a wire now, I would have thought. You know. Yes. Um, uh, I'd take Moy's hairdresser as manager over this clown. Shambles. Klopp should have been our manager instead of Ronnie. Who would Celtic not appeal to? <laughs> well, <laughs> what for? Shampolic yeah. from top to bottom. Changes needed in the boardroom, dugout, pitch, scouting department, and the see you next Tuesday who designs the strips. Excellent. So that's everybody. Um, what to be the- honest, there's no point reading that anymore because they're right. Why didn't they get your... I mean, any longer in, with this joker, and we will chuck this in what would be the biggest embarrassment in our history. But uh, <laughs> this, this is this is the topper for me, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> if that performance wasn't bad enough, some mentalist shat himself next to me. Obviously, had too much to drink. Stewards just sat and watched. Now, I've criticised Stewards before, right? Anyone who's attended a football match will have done. But what did he want them to do? Right? The Stewards probably stood in abject horror, right? Looking like Edvard Munch's The Scream, watching this this filthy bastard. Now, things got bad at Ibrox, right? But never once did I think, you know what? I'm just going to have a shite right here. Yes, you know, I'm not even going to go home. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't be arsed going to the toilet. Um, yeah. They're not happy. Now, the thing about uh, Celtic, they're going to sack Ronnie Dyla. Because right? they can't possibly... They, no, they, they know that. They, they, can't, they, they can't go um, up against. And, you know, they'll get in. I suspect if Norwich go down, which I think they will, Norwich might sack Alex Neil and then Celtic might go for him, um, which would be a, a decent bit of business on their behalf. But the... Right. Is it just me, or is the fact that Celtic will probably win the, the league this year because Aberdeen... Um, tend to have a, a case of the hibs any time they get close to them mm-hmm. and bottle it a little bit. Now, 
people have said, oh, they can't sack a manager after he wins the league. I don't believe that for a second. I think the fans, and I think the fans are quite right. They can't let this guy. In all seriousness, the, the you know there are plenty of uh, normal kind of Celtic supporters out there at the moment. You wouldn't know looking at their their attendances um, that there are plenty of Celtic supporters of any stripe, but. Um, there are plenty of decent ones and they know that this guy's a clown and they know why he's there he was there as a cheap option while we were down to just keep the league winning so winning the league but see sacking a manager after he's won the league mm-hmm. is it a tacit admission that the league doesn't matter when we're not in it I think so I think they've now basically decided that the, the remit wasn't winning the league it was actually hump everyone in the league well of course it was and clearly winning it yeah it's just not enough they don't see Winning, they don't see these titles as being a challenge no. or something that they've actually earned or won. That's why I laugh when I hear, "Oh, we're going for five in a row." It's like, it doesn't count, and we both know it, you know. And if that if that makes you feel better, the one they always come back with is, "Ah, you're a new club." I had a Hibs fan say that to me, "Ha, ah, you're a new club," and I was like, "Well, isn't that more embarrassing for you then?" Yeah, we're four years old and we're better than you are already. We're more fans. Do you know what I mean? I, I would have thought that if that's. Uh, if that's what you've got in, in your brain, then that, that's pretty bad. But I do think that Celtic quite rightly thought titles are given, which it is and should have been all the time. So what we'll do, uh, and they're not alone in thinking that. I mean, I presumed we'd be in the Premier League by now. So, you know, bad management can affect you even when you've got a given. But yep. I think that they thought, that's it. We need to go and try and do something in Europe, which is not an un, you know an unfair expectation. It's not a doddle getting to the Champions League, right? Anybody that, that says, uh, ah, they've no made the chance. It's not a doddle for a club from, from Scotland to get to the Champions League. But the amount of hits they had at it, very few teams will get three goals in two years, for example, yes. to get into the Champions League. And then when they have got into the Europa League, very poor as well. So that's what he's been judged on. Failure to win a treble. Um, again, that's that's really poor. You know, so to, yeah. to not win one treble... And all the time we've been away is, is pretty bad. In fairness, I think Richard Goff's won more trebles than Celtic. Uh, no, he has, and so John Gregg. John Gregg won more in three years than Celtic have in mm. the 100 and so whatever. What I'd also say, to, just as a caveat to Celtic fans listening in, in the last game we played against you guys, when you knew we were going down, it was last, the last clash. No, we played in the cup. Yeah, oh, sorry, but the last league game. Yeah. They brought a banner, hilariously saying, your grandchildren... Will be Celtic fans. See, looking at their attendances these days, I'm not sure their grandchildren will be Celtic fans. Yeah, I mean there was, there was about eighteen thousand at that Dundee game, and again I'm not having a go because it is soul destroying. And why would you trek yourself to go to a football match? I mean, certainly the worst reason to go when it's an appalling night and it's going to be a terrible game. The worst reason to go is so Rangers fans don't laugh at your attendances. That's no reason that that's not. And I, I do think that, by the way, that, that sometimes is a mentality of people uh, at, in Scottish football, um, at both Rangers and Celtic over the years, that the rivalry will be enough. We don't have to do our jobs yes. because they won't want the other. They won't be wanting getting a ready in front of the other side. And I think fans now have just cottoned on to it. I mean, I saw there was some griping on Mark's website. Um, that's Mark Dingwall for any newbies, the editor of followfollow.com. I'd be remiss in not plugging it for him. Um, and on March, people, there's this weird fixation on attendances and guys saying stuff like, I can't believe we're only going to get 30,000 for the Scottish Cup tie. Well, I can. You know, 30,000 is a great attendance. It's live on the telly. It's um, a Saturday morning at half 12. It's not on the season ticket. Yeah. And 
people was, I just don't see why people wouldn't want to go to this game. It's like, because they don't want to. We have to accept in Scotland now that the days of Rangers or Celtic filling their ground every week, every single week, not for one-off games or whatever, but every single week with you know the, the sold-out signs up and people turned away every single week, they are gone forever. They're not coming back because football has changed, society has changed, the amount of leisure options has changed. It's a different world. Stop judging things by 1980, uh, 1986. Right? It's, in 1986, it was perfectly legitimate for a guy to be at his work all week not see his kids, come Saturday, go to the boozer all day and do that every two weeks, right? Mm. It's not the case now. You've got two kids, right? Mm. And it's difficult every kind of Saturday to say to the wife, uh, oh, I'm going to Ibrox. And then it's very difficult when the game's on a Saturday morning and it's on the telly and she can say, or you could just watch that here and then do family stuff, you know? And people don't take into account the circumstances I've heard people saying, oh, it's a half to go kick off. It, it, that's too early, and guys poo pooing that and saying, well, if it was Celtic, you would make it. Aye, if it was Real Madrid, they probably would as well, but it's not. Yes. Right? It's, it's Dundee in the Scottish yeah. Cup, you know? And it, I just don't think there are as many people, Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, Dundee United, whatever, who want to go to. 25 football matches a year anymore. I think that there are people who are perfectly contented going once a month. Yep. It's, it's changed. I mean, I think a lot of that is down as well to the rewards and offer. I think at one stage, it, it was still a league worth winning. In a way, you know, it had pretty good European rankings. The national team were qualifying for World Cups. As you said, in the 80s and the 90s, yeah. there was, you could justifiably say, it was a decent quality league. Most people now realise that it's not far off the situation with the Red Star and Partizan in Belgrade. Do most people realise that, Scott? Yeah. Or do most people call you who read World Soccer and yeah. the Blizzard know that? It, well, you know what I mean? It's like, I it's love like, your everyman persona, mate. It's brilliant. <laughs> Man of the people, Scott. Everyone sees it very much as a dynamo and athletic partisan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that, Scott. Scott, Scott put down the quail sandwich and says, well, obviously, you know, in the hostelries around Glasgow, they speak of little else. <laughs> well, so what I mean is, like, two big teams locked in an eternal battle, uh-huh. but it's getting more and more uh, parochial. Oh, yeah. And the teams around them are just becoming cannon fodder. Like, I read an article, it was about uh, sort of Serbian football, and Red Star were playing an away game, and there was like 4,000 fans there. Almost all of them were Red Star fans, and one side of the stadium was open, and it was a car park, one of those valley car washes. Oh, right. car wash. That was on the other side of the pitch. There's people washing their car. <laughs> and the journalist was like, it was so low-key, and Red Star were like, yeah, we play loads of these games where it's just us basically and hardly any home fans yeah. and the only thing anyone cares about is playing partisan so that's it really Man, that, that, that's been like that for us sometimes you go to we yeah. were at Airdrie earlier in the season you and I and there were you know, 80% of the people in that stadium were, were Rangers supporters yeah. and uh, I went to the Kilmarnock Cup tie a couple of weeks ago with uh, um, Wee Stewart who's on the pod from time to time and we were in the Kilmarnock end and you know we thought oh, we better be careful and you looked around, you're like, there are, there's maybe, what, 12,000 at that game? Mm-hmm. 2,000 Kelly fans, you know, yeah, if that. It was just, it was bears everywhere. And it's like, this matters to us, but it doesn't really matter to many other people. And um, we'll be doing, we'll go back, we, it, we'll be next week talking about 
European leagues and whatnot, Scott will give you his, his tips on who's going to win what. Although I think PSG probably... Yeah, I think they might win that. Yeah, you know? I think that their one probably you're not going to get good odds on. But Scott will, will tell you who's going to win the, the rest next week, so that's something to, to listen in for. But yes. those leagues do kind of matter. Ours, not so much, unfortunately. But uh, next season we'll be back, and at least, you know, the the bald men comb thing will resume, and at least there'll be a bit of interest that, that way. I'll tell you, playing Celtic four times a season... It's pretty gash these days, mm. but it's better than playing Aloha four times a season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, same old Aloha always cheating. Exactly yeah. with that stupid wee stadium with the, with the thing. The yeah, ball's the, kicked over in the car park. Yeah, the Dado Rail Stadium or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, bastards. Plus the fact they always get a result against them. I know. I fucking it's hate just, Aloha. I'd never <laughs> thought in our march back to the SPL we'd have a bogey team at all. No, but, like Aloha, but we didn't have a bogey team, Scott. Um, it was actually more just there were teams that weren't. Bogies, there was slightly less because think about it. Over the year, we would Sterling Albion, East Fife, uh, who else that were always taking points off? That's of, true, yeah. Stenhouse, Muir, Wraith. I mean, Jesus, it was. You, you can't, look, I think it'd be unfair to these teams. There's no difference between part time and full time players. You're absolutely right. Fitness difference is minimal. Okay, then. Um, all that remains to say is thank you very much again for your patience. If you want to get in touch with us, and we hope you do, um, you can contact us by emailing us uh, at ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk. You can join us on Facebook, just search for Heart Hand the Rangers Podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter, it's at ibroxrocks, and Scott is at Scott Heart Hand. Now, we would, uh, if you wouldn't mind, because it's back and we've been away for a few months, if you get the link for this which you'll get on on Twitter and Facebook and I'll post on probably on Mark's site as well if you wouldn't mind sharing that on your own social networks and uh, popping it around just to say to people look they're back you know one of them's uh, a bit of a what's the polite word now for somebody who's always ill it used to be malingerer yeah no it's uh, ruder than that yeah rhymed with mastic but we can't say it yeah someone that's permanent well I, I suppose civil servant <laughs> we'll just tell him David's a civil servant too. A civil he, he needs the support and uh, you never know how much longer I'm going to be here for frankly the way things are going so enjoy it while you can so if you could share the link we'd really appreciate it all that it means to do then is to thank our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers uh, you can listen to both of them actually and it's worth a listen Paul made his debut on the West Ham podcast from our, our label mates Playback Media go to playbackmedia.com site for it uh, and Mike is the host of the Spurs show and you can imagine what it's like at the moment they're just walking about in a daze um, you know with their arse so tight they're daring to dream you know they just can't believe this might be happening so uh, if you want to get give those podcasts a listen it's been brilliant to hear it the Arsenal one Arsenalistically yours is good as well just to hear the utter hatred of everything that's going on in England at the moment um, and also to uh, thank our sound engineer Mr Charlie Ashworth thank you very much everyone for your patience uh, all that means then is to thank the big man Mr Scott Vanderacker. well I'm going to leave you a taster David you rightly did not let me off the leash today mm. I was like one of your dogs in a school playground you okay? were yeah. leashed Muzzled. leashed but I'm going to leave you a little tales to warm people up for what they know is coming next week okay. this, is, this is foreplay the full-on assault next week, okay? Good. This is about one of our pals of the pod, Antonio Cassano. He was asked to reflect recently on whether his career was pretty much wasted. And a talent journalist actually said to him, did you waste your talent? And he said, well, he's like, oh, I'm lazy. 
<laughs> he's like, I'm a lazy boy, but in life you have to be happy, and I am. And then he talked about something that he'd put in his book, right? And he told the story to the journalist saying, look, he said, I've only had four girlfriends in 11 years. That's not a lot at all. However, I've done it with 700 women. <laughs> That's different. In Madrid, life was great. Life was easy. I lived in a hotel. The bellboy was my good friend. His job was to bring me three pastries after every sex session and take away the woman and put her on the lift. He would ha- I would hand him the girl. He'd hand me the pastries. Sex and pastries. I knew then life couldn't get any better. <laughs> but you can't argue with that, can you? He's right. And I think all of every lad listening to this pod would be nodding going, Damn right. Damn right. I mean, that that is exactly what life's supposed to be. Okay then, thank you very much everyone. Thank you for listening. My name is David Edgar. I've been your host and I will talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.